This is the Ty Butler Show on 98.7 ESPN. Oh, what New York City sounds like on a Sunday afternoon. And I had Harvey cue this one up because this is my subliminal message to the Yankees. You ain't going to break my soul. We're going until 3 o'clock today, Ty Butler. And then at that time, you'll get network coverage carrying you until 6. Where we'll have Sunday Night Baseball action. Red Sox, Orioles at Camden Yards, rubber game of a three-game set. That gets underway right here on 98.7 ESPN at 6 o'clock tonight. But for the next three hours, it is you and me, no guests. We're just going to go full throttle. Hit me up on Twitter at Ty D. Butler on Instagram as well. Let's get these phone lines popping, 800-919-3776. Harvey and Tom set up shop on the other side of the glass. We'll hear, for them, hear from them later on. But as I mentioned at the top, Yankees, I mean, <laughs> what is going on there? Got Paul O'Neill Day at the stadium, but can't feel good about things uh, just overall about the season. We'll talk about that. The Mets looking to split this series against the Phillies. They'll be in action in about an hour and a half from now, as will the Yankees. Football action on the table as well. Jets and Giants. Some NFL news coming from an unlikely source last night on ESPN+. Plus. Was it Dana, Dana White talking about Brady uh, had a chance, had an opportunity to go to the Raiders? So we'll definitely get into that as well. So a whole lot coming your way. The buffet is open, 800-919-3776. Yankees' woes continue. So many different layers to what we watched yesterday afternoon. And how about this? If not for the Josh Donaldson Grand Slam on, what was that, Wednesday night, the Yankees would be in the midst of a seven-game losing streak. This team falling apart. And remember, Chapman in that that top half of the inning surrendered, what was it, two or three runs before Grand Slam off the bat of Josh Donaldson. Gave up three runs, and then Donaldson hits the Grand Slam to walk it off. The Yankees win. But if not for that, we'd be talking about a seven-game losing streak for the New York Yankees, who not too long ago were the favorites to win the title. Had the best record in baseball, best run differential, best offense. Best record against teams above 500. Top three-ish in Team ERA. Checking all the boxes needed for a contender. But since then, we've seen them go 2-11 since the trade deadline. 4-15 in their last 19 games and a 9-20 since the All-Star break. None of it is good. And the sample size, unfortunately, is getting large enough where this no longer can be written off as just a bad stretch. We're getting really close to it being, wait, is this who they are? Maybe this is who the Yankees are. Can't be this bad. 9-20 and 20 since the All-Star break, no chance they can be this bad. But further and further, we are removed from, are they as good as they were when they started the season 52-18? and 18? And now, you really have to question... Can they can they blow this division lead? Can they blow this division lead? Is it possible that where you were just, I don't know, seven weeks ago with a 15-and-a-half game lead in this division, now all of a sudden it's seven, and you're on the cusp of being swept by the Blue Jays who are chasing you. So you went from really not having to worry about the AL East at all because it had all but been wrapped up in early July to 
we might be looking at one of the biggest collapses we've ever seen. Now, we're still not there yet. It's been chopped in half, but the Yankees still have a good enough of a cushion to avoid what would be ultimately the worst-case scenario. But, man, it's definitely on the table based on what we're seeing with this team. Again, like it's not just a bad week of baseball. It's since the All-Star break, since the beginning of July. They just have not been the same team. A 29-game stretch where the Yankees, like all of the things that you thought had been corrected, defensively, base running, pitching, clutch hitting, all of the things that you felt great about during that run where it sounds silly now that we were comparing them to the 98 team, it's all dissipated. And now we're starting to see the frustration publicly from Aaron Boone, which is something that we had never really seen before. He's usually calm and collected and carries himself in a manner where not going to get too high, not going to get too low. But during his press conference yesterday where he's banging the table, we're here from Boone in a moment where he's banging the table. <laughs> you, you do wonder if the pressure is starting to get to him and if it's starting to get to the team overall with the larger goal being not just winning the division, but winning a championship. And for Boone, again, it's a deviation from everything we've known. And Yankee fans have really taken him to task, sometimes unfairly, just about how he has, you know, following games, dressed it up like he was some press secretary. You know, watch a guy go 0 for 19 over the course of a week, and he's sitting there telling you about the quality of their at-bat still being awesome. Yankee fans didn't love that. But, but yesterday, we heard Boone discuss his frustration with the team we got to play better period we and the and the great thing is it's right in front of us it's right here and we can fix it it's right here it's there and we can we can run away with this thing and we got the dudes in there to do it we got to do it you know we, we if we don't score tough to win and i'll answer these same questions am i perplexed what's yeah i am we got to do better and you know the good thing is 1985 not sure how that season ended for the Yankees. Probably second or third place. The good thing is we are in first place, and we we got we got the pen. Reggie tells me all the time, we got the pen. We get to write the script the rest of the way. No one else can get in our way if we go play our game, and that's what we got to do. But we got to got to stop talking about it. You know, we got to go do it. So I wonder if he actually believes that they have the guys in that locker room to get it done. And that the 1995 thing is a stat that was given to us about the Yankees having, and he alluded to, the Yankees lost six straight series for the first time since 1995. They've scored just 21 runs in the last 11 games. So the offense not doing anything. Garrett Cole, we still haven't even hit on. But trust me, we're, we're going to talk about the unhealthy relationship that us Yankee fans have with Garrett Cole. And it's a product of something we haven't seen since he's been here in New York. And he's, you know, punching the, the top of the dugout yesterday. He, he's cursing and he's clearly frustrated. But the relationship is unhealthy. More on that uh, in a moment. But just overall about Aaron Boone, now you got people calling for his job. Man, this guy just signed an extension this past offseason. 
for essentially four years, three years with the club option on, on year four. And I never came, like prior to that extension, I never thought he was not going to be the ma- the manager of this team because I just felt like it would have been an admission of failure on the part of the GM, Brian Cashman. Like You fired Girardi after 2017 where the Yankees had two cracks at getting to the World Series. Lost games six and seven in Houston. He just couldn't beat the cheating Astros. Verlander and Charlie Morton shutting, shutting them down. But Girardi had won a title. He had that team that no one expected to be 27 outs from getting back to the World Series. And you fired him in favor of Boone, who, to his credit, responded by winning 203 games his first two seasons with the Yankees. But as far as winning a championship, really haven't been all that close. I guess in 2019 when they lost in six to the Astros, I don't think anyone thought they were beating Houston that year. It's just I never thought he was he was not going to be brought back just because this is Cashman's guy. It, 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 this is essentially his project, a guy who had never managed before, no experience. You bring him in, you have to see it through. But for us to be here today, Yankee fans calling for his job after what we saw in the first half of the, after the se- half of the season, where they were just lighting the world on fire, that feels like just such a long time ago. And I wonder just where you are, Yankee fans, <sighs> because you go from, again, being the favorites to win the championship to we might blow a 15-and-a-half game division lead. It's just so crazy to me. Hit us up. On Twitter, at Ty D. Butler, Instagram as well. And ring us up on the phone lines, 800-919-3776. Where are you, Yankee fans? And most of you going to the stadium to watch Paul O'Neill get his jersey retired. And we'll definitely have a discussion about him and and what he meant to this team. It's so funny to to watch them go through this right now. You think about Paul (laughs) O'Neill. He he earned that nickname, the Warrior, for a reason. Because he, he played with such fire. Hopefully this Yankee team can give him uh, some fire on his day where his number's being retired because you can't get swept by the Blue Jays at Yankee Stadium, especially when knocking on the door Monday and Tuesday, Scherzer and DeGrom back-to-back. Talk about an offense struggling and needing a jolt of life. Not coming against the Mets the next two days, so you better get this one done. Ty D. Butler on Twitter and Instagram, 800-919-3776. We're going till 3 o'clock today right here on 9870 ESPN. This is the Ty Butler Show on 98.7 ESPN. Time for Diamond Notes brought to you by Two by London, the engagement shop at London Jewelers. I mean, two ways you can look at this. One is the Yankees obviously are in a place that is not ideal, having lost um, 15 of their last 19 games, and it just feels like it's coming apart. Not just at the worst time, but everything that you expected to go right and that was going right for the first half Yankees not going the same way. But you're still 25 games above 500 with a seven-game lead. So I'm just looking for the pulse of Yankee fans as you're on your way to the stadium to watch them try to avoid being swept by the Jays, which, man, you think about the Donaldson home run and how big it was. It would be a seven-game losing streak for the Yankees had they not been uh, had they not gotten that hit from Donaldson. So right now, it, it just seems to be saving them. That's Diamond Notes, brought to you by Two by London, the engagement shop by London Jewelers. Picker designed the perfect engagement ring to fit every budget at any of their six 
area locations. Let's go to the phone lines. Batting lead off for us today would be Mike in Brooklyn. What's up, Mike? How you doing? I'm good. I'm good, man. I, I was at the game yesterday, and you know I'm a big Yankee fan. And you know what? The team was built really good. Unfortunately, we did have injuries. But I, I think that, you know, we should get rid of Cashman because we need some change. And I think he's holding on too tight. I mean, we need some start. I mean, the, the first half of the season, we, we, played, we played our game, and we was able to make up for some of the mistakes with our bats. But the pitching – our starting pitching, it's getting kind of suspect because of we can't come back. Our batters ain't injuries on hit our best batters. Um, Cashman's finding the uh, lightning in the bottle with um, Carpenter was great, but Carpenter went down. I just think it's time for change, and I think we need to bring in Epstein. Not because Brian Cashman did a bad job, it's just that we need change. I, well, I appreciate the call, Mike. I don't think it's going to happen. The Yankees, from every report that you've seen for all, from all of those who are plugged in, are tied to Cashman. He's basically you know, a, another Steinbrenner. So when you have the resume that he has, given the Yankees not having a losing season since 92, think about that, 30, 30 years, three decades since the last losing season for the Yankees, they're a playoff team every year. They're interesting. They're still filling the ballpark. So I guess it depends on what you – like, is it still championship or bust every season? Like, is that still the mantra? If it's not and you're and you're comfortable living in a space where the excuse becomes, you know, the playoffs are a crapshoot. We do our best in the regular season, which they do every single year. They're pretty much an elite regular season team. Losing the playoffs to the Astros or the Rays or the Red Sox, teams that were just built better uh, for the for the long run or for what is deemed a crapshoot. I just don't think that the answer is going to be what you're looking for, and that's firing cash. I, it's just not going to happen. At least that's not what I think. Anthony in the mail truck wants to chop it up. What's up, Anthony? What's up, brother? How are you? Uh, it would be better if, if my baseball team started to play well, but at some point we'll yeah. get there. You and me both, man. Um, I think this whole fire Cashman, fire Boone thing is, is just its just trash. I just don't understand it. I mean, these, everyone wasn't saying this at 52 and 18 when they started the season in 70 games. Like, it just, when is it about the players? When the players stop playing well, then it's always on the coach and the, and the manager and, and the GM. Like, I understand it to a certain extent. But to a certain extent, these, these players have to play better. They have to play to the back of their baseball cards, as Michael Kay likes to say. It's just, it's absurd. I mean, not having Stanton in the lineup is huge. Not having Carpenter the way that he was playing is huge. You know, Rizzo went down for a little bit. Yeah, I just don't, I, you know, I'm going, I'm going to the game, I'm going to the stadium on, on Tuesday to go see DeGrom pitch against the Yankees. And I, I got to say, I'm kind of nervous. You know, yeah, we got Manoa be, going today. You should be nervous. I mean, Manoa. three straight days, Alec Manoa, Max Scherzer, Jacob DeGrom for, for, uh, against an offense that has mustered an impressive 21 runs in the last 11 games. You should absolutely be nervous. Yeah, and, and you know, I'm, I like to say I'm, I'm very optimistic about the team. Um, and the Astros keep losing. But it's not even about chasing the Astros anymore. It's about 
keeping this division lead. Because the, the Blue Jays and and the Rays are right up our, our behind. Yeah, Anthony, I appreciate the phone call. And so let, let me work backwards there as far as what you what you hit on. So the conversation all season long had been about chasing the Astros because that's the team that almost everyone predicted you would face in the championship series. You have to go through Houston to get to the World Series, and the path gets much harder if Game 6 and 7 are at Minute Maid Park as opposed to Yankee Stadium. So you have to, as best you can, play great baseball the rest of the way because what once was a nine-game lead in the standings for the best record in the American League has become a deficit for the Yankees, where they're now looking up at the Astros three games behind them in the standings. So that's 12 games they've shaved off since the beginning of July, and that has to make you nervous about why Yankee fans are calling for the job of Cashman and Boone. I mean, it's simple. Easier to fire them than it is to get rid of all the players. And it's also confirmation bias. Coming into the season, people weren't high on on that tandem of Cashman and, and Boone. And it's been consistent throughout this tenure. Always looking to fire Cashman, always looking to fire Boone. So immediately when you get off to that great start, you know, folks out here were saying, "Why aren't the Yankees enjoying it more? Why aren't the Yankees enjoying? Why aren't the Yankee fans enjoying it more?" And I never thought they weren't enjoying it. I just felt like two things could happen simultaneously, and that's enjoy what you're watching because, man, it's a it's an historic pace, and it could lead to something special. But also observe and analyze that this this team still has some flaws that need to be corrected that you don't feel were addressed in the off season by the GM. And now the chickens are coming home to roost. 2-11 and 11 since the trade deadline. The Jordan Montgomery trade never made sense to me. You, you, got a, you got a rotation littered with nothing but question marks. And one of your most reliable starters you traded for an injured outfielder. So when your team has gotten this significantly worse since that, they, they, they better be lucky and, and counting you know, counting their blessings that they got off to that, that great start because the conversation would be totally different. But to go from you chasing the Astros to now, you know, got to hold off those Blue Jays just shows you how far the mighty have fallen. Bob in Oakland wants to talk Yankees. What's up, Bob? I don't know much. How you, how you doing? doing? Doing okay. What's up, man? How you, got, how you doing? Good, good. Thanks. Uh, you know, uh, you know well, part of you stole my part of my thunder was, was uh, you know, Montgomery, who was like a good, like, Fifth starter, maybe fourth starter. You know, it wasn't a guy you're going to win with in the playoffs. But I mean, to just give him away, and then, and then this Montas guy is like, oh boy, this, like this is, this is a guy you're going to depend on in the play. He's looked like less than mediocre. Tyone's like mediocre. Like in, now you got the bullpen. King was like a tremendous. They lost him. The bullpen was amazing, and now Holmes is back to reality for whatever reason. I just think. You know, I think, like, at the beginning of the year, the Yankees couldn't hit. Everybody was freaking out. You know, and then they eventually they'll hit. So I think eventually they'll hit again. But in the long run, it's, like, going to be this pitching that's going to doom them. They're not going anywhere in the playoffs with Garrett Cole, who's, like, you know, he's, he is what he is now. You know what I'm saying? That, that's that's what I think. Just the pitching is just, like, 
in the end, that's going to doom this team, you know? Well, Bob, I can't really argue with anything you said, and I appreciate Bob! the call. <laughs> I, I, I'm glad you brought up Garrett Cole because there is a conversation that needs to be had about him, a very honest one. And it's about the unhealthy relationship that has developed between the fans and him. And it's it's fair because you watch Garrett Cole and you 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 picture him as a guy because of how much money you gave him, because he's the ace, because he was the missing ingredient for a team that was on the cusp of winning a championship. You put the pressure on him of, of being the stopper. And yesterday he was not. And I don't want to hear anything about you know, outside of that one bad inning. No, you're not paying a guy $324 million to be analyzed on a curve. No pun intended. Because he was electric for the first four innings and then he fell apart in the fifth inning. And Garrett Cole now, when, when I bring up the unhealthy relationship, it's looking at him three times this year, he's given up five or more runs in the game. Doesn't sound very ace-like. So we crush him. Because he's not living up to the expectations. Had that poor start against the Mariners. Garrett Cole, Garrett Cole, run him out of town. Then all he did was responded with in back-to-back games against the Rays and Mariners, 14 strikeouts, one earned run in 13 innings. And then you're like, oh, wait a minute. If this is the Garrett Cole who shows up, Yankees, look out. Because it changes everything so dramatically. He sets the tone in every single series you get into... And now, the rest of your rotation can shape out a little bit better. As long as your ace is at his absolute apex, where it's a couple of times in his career landing him top five in Cy Young, multi-time All-Star, one of the best pitchers in baseball, as long as he is performing to what you think he could be, this team can be dangerous. So now we're back to being high on Garrett Cole. And then yesterday happens with the Yankees in a game that, not a must-win, not a game that you quote-unquote need, but a game you'd like to have because the team has been so awful lately. Yesterday he goes out there and he struggles. So every time you're ready to, to rip him and kill him, he's great. Then when you're ready to hop back on the bandwagon, he goes back to struggling. He's just so up and down and hasn't been the same pitcher since coming over from Houston. And spider tack can, can explain a lot of it, but plain, plain and simple, man, this guy needs to pitch better because there is, uh, as, as optimistic of a Yankee fan that I, I am, because I still think that when it's all said and done, and I know I've spent the, the major part of this first hour being negative because I have to be honest. Like, there is an obligation to put the fandom aside and be objective, and, and I have to be honest. Part of me still is not ready to, to panic yet because, as the caller mentioned, there are some injuries that have happened. And, you know, I'd like to see this team fully healthy in a playoff series before I kill them and say their season is over. I'd like to see them not be the, you know, the, the second best record in the American League before I say their, their year is cooked. But there are some struggles. But on Garrett Cole, no path to them winning a championship that does not include him being great. If he's not great, they're drawing dead. Those are just the facts. More of your phone calls coming up. 
We'll transition to football in hour number two. But we're having a great time. Hit us up on Twitter, at Ty D. Butler. Instagram, hit the follow button, 800-919-3776. More of your phone calls. We'll continue to delve into the Garrett Cole struggles. We'll hear from him on the other side of the break. Aaron Judge also weighing in on the team right now. Aaron Judge hasn't hit a home run in eight games, his longest streak of the season. Need that power outage to come to to a close if the Yankees are to get back in you know, winning ways because the offense is going to be what pushes them, the offense that continues to struggle. But we will talk to you on the other side of the break right here on 98.7 ESPN. This is the Ty Butler Show on 98.7 ESPN. Before we get back to your phone calls, which we will do in a moment, uh, it looks like uh, Todd Bowles, who's in his first year as the head coach of the Bucks, he says today that Brady will be back early this week. It's expected to uh, return to the Bucks this week. We got to talk about that Brady story that Dana White gave us last night about him potentially going to the Raiders. We'll get to the to the football portion of this later on. But back to your phone calls we go. Jose in Newark wants to chime in. What's up, Jose? Hey, man. Thanks for taking the call. How you doing today? Yeah, I'm doing well, man. Thanks for making it. What's up? Good. So I'm not an Aaron Boone fire uh, Aaron Boone. I actually like him a lot. And ironically, so the point I'm trying to make is he won me over when he ran up into that empire as the umpire and lost his wig and the whole Savage team for that team came out. And I feel that's something he should have done 10 games ago. He should have jumped in an umpire's face on a borderline ball or strike call. He should have shown his team some type of fire and not get let it get to a point where he's losing it in a, in a press conference. It looks and it reflects as if he's losing control. If he would have controlled that narrative a bit and maybe sparked his club up by doing what he did back then, um, I think they would have been a little bit better off. So let me ask you a question. Second, let me ask you a question. Yeah. I'll let you get to your second part of it. So two things. One, yeah. I I don't know how effective the phantom going off on the umpire thing is it, it just feels it's it feels goofy like teams love it it fires up the it fires up the team and they play better it's it's a little goofy it's a little corny to to have those two things be some type of correlation the other thing is and I'm going to let you get to your second point the other thing is like we have to at some point decide what we want Aaron Boone to be because there's a large portion of the audience who says like he's too He's too mellow. He's too optimistic. After losses, like he wants to tell you that the sun is still going to shine the next day. Your critique is now, you know, he was too fiery in the press conference. Sounds like he's losing it. So just we have to find a way to be more consistent with how we evaluate him and what we want Aaron Boone to be. But go ahead. What's your second point? Well, no, real quickly to that, it's just really an example of, and I'm not saying it's strictly just be jumping on an umpire, but showing some level of fire during the game. And you can't be just one thing all of the time. That's not being a leader. Sometimes you have to be a guy who's going to be mellow. Sometimes you got to know when mellow doesn't work. So perception is just that. We're looking at a guy really from just a cutout. You know, we don't know Aaron Boone and everything that he needs to do. But you have to be a three-dimensional guy, and you have to know what works and when you have to apply it. So that, that's just, you know, unfair to him that, you know, people just want to define by one thing. But also you have to be different things when you have to be Whatever it is that you need, but you have to try different things and show that you could maneuver when you need to maneuver in a certain way. Second point, and I'll get out your way, leadership is also a big part of it. There was always a Brett Boone, a CeCe Sabathia, a Paul O'Neill. 
a Andy Pettit, a Posada, a Jeter, a guy that regardless of whether he's batting well or his stats are up or he's productive or not, you got the sense that that guy would say some uncomfortable things and hold his teammates accountable. And I'm not sure if they have that in that locker room right now. That's so a mixture of two things are just things that I feel are just missing. That's fair, Jose. And a great phone call. It's fair to question if the Yankees have that leader in the clubhouse who is a la C.C. Jeter, a guy going to come in and sometimes make you feel uncomfortable but let you know we're about winning championships here. Anything less than that is unacceptable. There is a level, there is a standard, there's a precedent that has been set with this organization, and the jersey's heavier here in New York with the Yankees. Is there someone who has the cachet, because it can't just be some role player who's not getting any playing time. I guess in theory you'd want this guy to be Aaron Judge. But then the argument can be we don't know what's what's happening behind closed doors. We don't know if there's someone fiery who's you know cursing out teammates and getting them all riled up and motivated. But on the surface, I agree with you. Is there a guy in that locker room who, when you know what hits the fan, can come out there and say, yo, we, we, we need to play better. This is unacceptable. And I don't know that the Yankees have that. Maybe they don't. Spike in St. Pete. What's up, Spike? Hey there, brother. Listen, where the young we're leaving this, uh, the older callers are leaving this station in the hands of some good young callers. I don't want to leave anybody out, but Anthony and, and Cullum and, and a bunch of them. And uh, it's good pass it on. Not that I'm going anywhere. You better so not go anywhere, Spike. Don't, don't, don't talk about <laughs> passing it on. No, we, they, listen, it's true. you're getting passed on. You, you're coming up the ranks from, from producer. This is just the, the way things go. It's nice. I'm happy. I'm proud of everybody. It's, 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 it feels feather in my cap a little bit. <laughs> so here we go. No, I'm serious. I'm very proud of you. You know that. So his, listen, I've seen streaks. I told uh, Tom, I believe, uh, 64 fillers. You could have a guy look it up or look it up. They were up by, I don't know, seven or eight, and they lost their last ten. The Yankees have too much talent. Um, it's just too much talent. You, could, you know, it, as long as you win at the end, that's it. This is a little gut-wrenching. It's a packed house. It's quiet. There's a lot of banter with Judge. But I saw the Lakers streak of whatever it was, and I saw the Tampa Bay football team lose 20-something before they won. The Phillies, like I said, lost 10 in a row when they had it locked up. It's a streak. It's baseball. I'm not downplaying. It stinks. What 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 flummoxes me, Ty, is they're getting shut out. They must have gotten shut out four times in the last 12 games or something like that. Yeah, the offense is uh, terrible. And, and, and I mean, I it's not just a streak when, when, when it's a 29-game sample size. It's, it's, it becomes more than a streak. But, Ty, that's about, does it matter? That's, 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 what's that, 20% of the season? Give or take, that's about twenty percent of the season where where you're you're nine and twenty. All right, last. Let me ask you one question. Thanks for the time, and you know how I feel. Listen, wouldn't it be boring? Say six fifty percentage wins the, the the division or gets the buy. Let's say six fifty. If you won six and a half out of every ten games for the whole season, there would be no ups and downs. It would be a straight line, basically, if you graphed it. But that doesn't happen. People get injured. People get sick. People go. The weather changes. But but this is just a, a crazy graph. If you look at it, it's very high and very low. You thought they were going to play seven fifty ball 
Be honest with me. No, I didn't think that, but I also didn't think that they would come out of the All-Star break and, and play to a rate that's 11 games under 500. I also didn't think okay. that since the trade deadline, they'd win two games in 13 tries. I understand that, but you, but one begets the other. You can't be that high and that low. You're somewhere in between. No, you said that before. No, I get it. And, and, and look, I, 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 again, want to reiterate, can't hit the panic button just yet because like you point out, the Yankees are still in great shape. But yeah. it would be foolery for me to come on here and act like, you know, it's all sunshines and rainbows. For no, a team your... that since the start of August, we're talking about one of the worst teams in the sport. You're correct. I told Tom, the Yankees will win one of these next three against these three well, they great better. Pitchers. They better. They're going to win two to one. You they... know, they'll, they'll win on a hit batsman or something. It's baseball tight. Relax. They're going to win. I don't want to sound like Aaron Rodgers. Continued <laughs> success. Thank you, man. Appreciate the phone call. Appreciate the love, as always. Uh, Mitch in East Windsor has been waiting patiently. What's up, Mitch? How's it going, Ty? Nice to see you on the other side of the of the chair, the seat. Yeah, um, man. Thank you. What's up? Hey, good luck. Uh, you know, a couple months ago, I was penciling um, Dodgers and Yankees. Yeah, as as were many uh, Aaron, people, including Vegas. As were many of us. Aaron Judge MVP, and I, I know I made a bet that he would. Hit, well, he my brother didn't take any money. I guess he was being nice. I I, I bet him that the Judge would have sixty home runs by September seventh. About two weeks ago, he was he was like hitting Romans every day. But now, just forget it. You know, he might lose the MVP because Houston has got an awesome lineup. It's it's even better than the Yankees now with Stanton Hurt and Gallo gone. And I'm sorry, I'm glad the Dodgers got Gallo. Him and Cody are picking up. That that lineup is just awesome. I, it's looking at Houston and this time. Hopefully, they won't cheat. Be Houston and Dodgers, I think. We, what are you thinking? Um, thanks for taking my call. Uh, I appreciate you making the call, Mitch. I don't think Judge is losing the MVP. I mean, the Yankees can't completely fall apart, and he's still winning the award. I think as long as he finishes as our, excuse me, the Yankees finish top two in the American League, which they should, assuming they don't blow this this big lead, they, they still are ahead of the Jays. Six games in the loss column, seven games overall. But as long as they don't get any worse than than second, I think the the the, the MVP is going to go to Judge, and I expect him to play a lot better. I think because of the streak, because of how awful they've been, and the injuries. You know, Stanton missing time, though he's rehabbing this week. Rizzo missed some time. Lemayhew was out of the lineup for a couple games. No Matt Carpenter. So he's had to carry the load, and you know I'm not making excuses for him, but I think part of why we've seen him cool off a little bit is because he's feeling a little bit of the pressure. He's feeling it a little bit. And I, I think that at some point it's going to be corrected, and he's still going to win the MVP. So I, I'm, not, I'm not closing up shop yet on, on Judge taking home the MVP. This is the Ty Butler Show on 98.7 ESPN. I don't know if you guys are on Instagram and you see this like phenomenon that's taking place where it's like Mr. or Miss and then there's a, a character trait that immediately follows. So I came across one that said, Mr. This is our year. And it's, and it's Knicks fans who, who say that literally every year. This is our year. You've been saying that your entire life and it still hasn't happened. Hopefully this year it can happen. But I thought that meme was really funny. We're still waiting to see if they can trade for Donovan Mitchell. That would be so exciting to have him in the garden, one of the 
25 best players in the league on your team, along with RJ uh, and Randall, and you just signed Brunson. Tom Thibodeau is still your head coach. So, so the hope is that Nick fans or that the Knicks can bring him in here, and then you just figure out any of the talent because it, it, it does get a little bit dicey when it comes to how you're going to manipulate your offense to feed those guys who all need the ball in their hands. But if you can get the talent here, that, that you just figure out the rest later. We go to the Bronx, the boogie down, to talk to Buddha. What's up, Buddha? GB, the franchise. What's good, my G? Yo, I'm chilling. What's going on, man? How you doing? I'm good. I'm hanging in there. I mean, you know, it is what it is with the Yankees. It's just... Listen, I got a couple of points of Yankees and then with the boxing. Um, you know, with the Yankees, man, I mean, I've listened to you. I've listened to Papa Lodge, and you guys are admitting the let's be cautious, let's just try to stick it out and don't worry. Listen, it's beyond worry. Um, they're not going to the World Series, and, you know, for many reasons. You know, a lot of people don't like to admit mistakes, you know. But I tell you, people who don't like to make mistakes the most is people who have a lot of cash and, and um, you know, people who are part of empires. I so, see what you did there. People who, I, see what you, I see what you did there, Buddha. People who have a lot of cash, and then the Yankees GM is Cashman, so. <laughs> listen, he's, listen, real talk, Cashman should have been gone a couple of years ago. You know, that, 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 but that's trigger. That horse has been dead for a few years. You know. With Hal Steinbrenner, you know, like I said, rich people, they don't like to make – nobody likes to admit they made mistakes. But, you know, his approach is not working. You know, the uh, the, the being cost efficient, it, it just – it really isn't working. That's not what the Yankees were. You can't try to be what, um, you know, Tampa Bay was. That's not who the Yankees are. But that's the plan he wants to use. I mean, it is what it is. Now, with Boone, you know um, – I tend to agree with a few of the callers. I mean, like, I don't really hate Boone, but, you know, him slapping tables and doing all these different things, I mean, you can't sell that to the room when everybody knows in your job description you were hired, you know, to not do that. So that's not going to really inspire anybody. That's a good you know, point. I feel for him in a way. That's a good I point. I feel for him in a way. He's in a tough spot. No, seriously. You know, we've all been there. I mean, it's not, I'm not saying he's a substitute teacher, but listen. <laughs> We've all had coaches, we've all had adults in our lives that, you know, kind of, were sort of like friends, <laughs> rather than, than disciplinarians. I mean, and that's what he was hired to do. So that's not going to light a fire or do anything, along with the injuries and all the stuff that's going on. And I'm sorry, you know, Montez, listen, that was a bad pickup. They had to have gotten Castillo, and personally, you know, I— like I said, they should have put a full court press on after um, the solo. They had to pivot from that. And they needed to get Otani. That would have killed two birds with one stone. I mean, I would have preferred to have him him pitch and you know over Montez. And, you know, he'll add another bat. Because, like you said, with him, injuries aside, I mean, if DJ LeMayu is not right, if you really pay attention, every time that he gets hurt, the offense takes – four or five steps backwards. He's that glue guy. Yeah, he, he, he is, he is so guys. important. He, like, Judge is the best hitter on the team, gives you the most production, especially power-wise. But DJ, like, he's the tone setter. I, I completely agree with you. Yeah, I mean, they, they, they blew it there. And, you know, like, like I said, they, they don't have enough star power. They, they don't have, what did Michael Kelly likes to say, the onions? <laughs> you know, listen, they don't have, they're not beating the Astros. And you know that. You better hope you, you, um, Get out of whoever you faced before that. 
it, it, listen, it's, it's tough, bro. It, it, it's tough. But, you know, like maybe they'll learn. Maybe they will. I, I, I doubt it. Like like I said, people don't really like to admit mistakes, especially when they want to go, you know, left from what their father was doing or whatever. But it is what it is. Now, with the boxing, bro, um, you know, matter of fact, not only just a boxer, you man, your man Joe Wiz, I was listening to him yesterday. He called that. Leon Edwards beating on oh, Usman. I, I, I never thought that was going to happen. That was, I, I never mean, thought that was going to happen. That, that, that was, I mean, talk about upsets. Usman was winning the fight four four to one, and then just gets knocked out on a, on a really good combo yeah. from Leon Edwards, where you know he punched him with the left, and then immediately followed up with the left kick and knocked him out. That 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 was a crazy upset. Yeah, that was that was that was wild. I should have, you know, I'm a listener to Joe Wiz from now on. <laughs> yeah, Joe, shout out to Joe Wiz, man. I used to I used to do the the, the gambling show with Joe Wiz, so I had to text him, man. That was a great call, great call by yeah. him. Great yeah, call that's why by I him. Now look, with the boxing though, um, you know, I never would have thought in my life, you know, in my in my uh, fifty years of existence here, that the most dominant heavyweight fighters would have been from Europe. You never would have thought that. You know, it's never been that way. European fighters were always kind of like weak. You know, um, your man, uh, what's his name? Um, this guy, the, the, the um. The English, other English guy, um, Joshua. Anthony I mean, Joshua. Million dollar body. Yeah. Million dollar body. Um, after Ruiz tapped his chin, he's never been the same. You know, um, and it's very, you know, it's very discouraging, man. I mean, you're not going to have, I guess you're going to have Fury fight Usyk. Uh, I would put my money on Fury, you know, especially with the reach and the size advantage. But, you know, it really hurts, man. You know, like boxing is my favorite sport, bro. And do any American people even, like, Aspire to do that anymore? I mean, listen, it's I appreciate the great, great call, Buddha. Great call. Um, I don't know the answer to that question, but uh, as far as like what it, what last night meant, you know, with uh, with Usyk winning that fight, Fury said he retired, but it might have to come out of retirement to to make this fight happen because this would clearly be the biggest of the year. So, you, boxing struggles not giving you the the most quality fights that that fans want whereas the ufc is giving it to you pretty consistently and though i'm more into boxing than i am ufc hard to argue ufc's you know doing a doing a better job right now as far as quality 